Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz live here on 96.1 FM. 1450 AM, WXVW, the Big X, the Weekend Sports Buzz, is brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy, located at 10105 Dixie Highway, Louisville, Kentucky, 40272. Louisville Combat Academy offers a wide variety of adult martial art classes, ranging from wrestling to Muay Thai kickboxing, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and they also integrate them all together as well as anyone does in the state. They actually have more active fighters than any other gym in the entire state. Once again, the fine folks over at Louisville Combat Academy, A.J. Jenkins, located way down Dixie Highway. If you're interested in a kids martial arts classes or martial arts classes for yourself as an adult, be sure to check out Louisville Combat Academy. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. we got plenty to talk about this morning. We're going to kick things off by headed to the buzz line now with our man Mike Gandolfo. Mike, how are you this morning, and, and what's on your mind? Kelly, it was my, I, you, you know, me and your dad started covering the Derby. I think all the way back to 2012, somewhere around there, and it was the wildest thing being in that media center yesterday as everything unfolded and uh, just an incredible uh, scene. And I mean, we'll never forget where we were for this, for this Derby. Uh, the first time ever that the winner of the Kentucky Derby has been disqualified. And, and we forget that actually there was a horse disqualified in the Oaks as well. And, uh, and, and everybody's up in arms over this, over this decision. And, uh, you know, and, and when you look at it from the micro level all the way to the macro level, it's it's incredible to you know to think. In the micro level, the stewards made the right call. This is Kyle Guy getting fouled at the end of the Final Four. You know, the foul that was made in the Derby was more egregious than the foul that would happen in the Oaks. It just so happens in the Oaks that the, the horse spread eagled on the ground. Luckily, no one was hurt. Uh, but if they don't make this call, horse racing becomes the Wild West. And on the macro level, if that happens and we start getting horses, could you imagine with all the horses that got hurt and died in St. Anita, if the horse in the Oaks has to be put down on the track or yesterday at the Derby, we cause a Daytona 500-type chain reaction crash, which I, I still don't know how Tyler Gaffione did not go down and how they stayed up. And we have several horses who have to go down. I mean – in the state of California right now, there's a referendum to get rid of horse racing altogether. Yes. And it would have been the worst-case scenario if you allow the Wild West to unfold in horse racing right now. Now, financially speaking, what does this do for maximum security stud fees? You know, obviously there was a ton of more money in the win total and the win pool for maximum security than there was for um, – uh, country house, um, country house. I can't even remember the horse's name right yeah. now. So, uh, you know, the, uh, it, it affected millions and tens and hundreds of millions of dollars because of this one decision. And Churchill actually comes out pretty good. Even after, I don't know if you all saw the decision, they decide to refund win bets on max security up to $10 if you bet it through the twinspires.com app and then the uh, other 
not so great look for horse racing this morning. Bill Mott on the backside at his press conference this morning says that they will go to Pimlico, but they're not going to guarantee that the Derby winner will run in the Preakness. And um, EJ Clark and I were on the air after the show. Of course, we covered it on all the big X stations and all the ESPN radio stations. And we're, we're covering this the best we can as history unfolds all the way through the decision and the press conference. And it was, it was amazing to be a part of history like that. Overall, Mike, is this good for horse racing? Is the increased angles and the technology, because at the end of the day, that's really what it is, is we've got a lot more cameras, a lot more eyeballs, a lot more ways to focus on the result. You can't tell me 100 years ago this type of thing didn't happen, and we just simply didn't, didn't know about it because we didn't have 50,000 camera angles. Overall, Mike, is this good for horse racing? Well, actually, the, the, the interesting part about that question is not the camera angles. It's the fact that, let's take the Oaks incidents, for example, which did DQ the winner of the, Bre- uh, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. Um, if that horse doesn't hit the ground, we probably don't even have an infraction. Huh. And so the, the big controversy last night was that we went straight to an objection and that we did not have an inquiry, that the stewards didn't catch it. So if the jockeys don't blow the whistle, maximum, maximum security is your derby winner. And, uh, and that, that's what made Flavian Pratt look a little bad because Flavian is one of the two jockeys that did, make the, um, that did file an objection along with John Court, which gives this a little bit more validity because John Court has been doing this forever. He's raced at Churchill Downs forever, and this is the most seasoned jockey in the race. And he did a great job checking up um, long, long Range Toddy to make sure that he didn't. I mean, if you watch that race, the 18 pulls up really hard um, so that he doesn't collide into the one. And um, it's, it's a bigger deal that the stewards aren't catching this on the turns with all the camera angles that they have. And they're not, you know, that's, that's why things don't go official right away, right? You know, when the race is over, the stewards are supposed to kind of take another look at the race and decide whether or not there's any chance of an infraction. And from where we were sitting in the media seat, you saw maximum security drift, and you saw him drift really hard. You didn't see the objection, but you definitely saw something that, if I was a steward, would have caused me to take a closer look, and that inquiry light should have gone on before the objection light, and that did not happen. So, PETA, organizations such as PETA that are pro the safety of horses and the focus, as you referenced earlier, Mike, in California right now with, you know, the Lasix and everything that's going into uh, the organizations that are trying to ban horse racing even altogether. You would say overall that is more of an issue. The safety of the horses is the issue that's at stake here, more so than just the increased technology. Is that accurate, Mike? I, I honestly think that Churchill Downs dodged a huge bullet if – if, if a horse goes down in one of those two races and we were scarily close, we were very close in both those races to a horse having to go down, that is a, the worst possible look for horse racing that could have actually happened. So how, and, do, how uh, do we prevent that? Is there a way to prevent that from happening? You've got to make the calls when the calls are need to be made. You need to make sure that the racing is as clean as possible. Now, at the same time, if you go through that entire derby race, just like if you go through an NFL game, you're going to see holding on every play. If you look at the start of the derby race, you probably could have foul, you could have probably made 
several steward inquiries just on the bumps that happen when you have a 20 horse field of inexperienced horses. It's they're going to hit, and you know, maximum security comes around the turn. Something in the infield spooked him, and that's what drifted him back. And Luis Saez tried to do the best job he could to get him back, um, but he, you know, he definitely intruded on the one. And it, there's a great picture on the internet. I'm not sure if you saw it a close up for about two to three strides where the one's legs are in between the legs of maximum security, the seven, which, uh, again, how, and you know, those legs are not very big. The, the fact that they didn't go down is truly incredible. Wow. So overall, they say the Kentucky Derby is the fastest two minutes in sports. Mike, this year we got to experience, I guess you would say the, uh, a little bit longer. It started and it took us what twenty five, thirty minutes till we 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 saw who was the winner of the Kentucky, the hundred forty fifth Kentucky Derby. Mike, overall, is this good for the sport? You know, I think here's to me, <clears throat> it it gives another storyline. So, like, there's a saying that you know, no, no, there's no such thing as bad press. Um, I I think that. People are talking about horse racing today in a way they probably wouldn't have talked about. You're talking about, you know, the only thing that's really bad about the whole situation is that you get an unbelievable great trainer who's been awesome at Churchill Downs, like Bill Mott, win his first derby, and he, instead of being on the podium last night celebrating smileys, he's got to he's got to uh, almost explain his way to why he's he's the winner, and you know he's got to answer questions about how it's kind of tainted or it should have an asterisk or whatever else. And, you know, it's, that's the unfortunate part about this whole deal. But ultimately, people are talking about horse racing. And maybe we don't get these two horses matching up again until the Breeders' Cup Classic, along with another horse that looks great over the weekend in McKenzie. And you can have a rivalry that may be um, between the two jockeys or whatever else that you can spin. I think there's a storyline here that might make horse racing more interesting. And... um so I don't think it's necessarily bad. I think it is a bad look for Churchill. If they feel like they made the right call, I think it's a bad look a Bad look to refund those bets like they did on maximum security. I lost money on it. I'm not, you know. But ultimately, you know, that's kind of the way the sport is. Wow. So all sorts of excitement from the 145th running of the Kentucky Derby. Mike, we know you're a very busy man. Thank you so much for your time this hey, morning. One last thing, Kelly. One yes. last thing. If you cheat in Louisville, you're going to lose your title. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you later. Great stuff there from our man, Mike Gandolfo. Always following the horse racing so closely, which helps us here on the radio. You know, the sister stations of 96.1 FM and 14.50 AM would be the ESPN affiliates. And there's a few stations there, FM and AM. But they do a, a great job. Together, the family of stations do a great job of covering the Kentucky Derby. And we appreciate our man Mike Gandolfo from giving us his insight into that controversial finish. Once again, we are the Weekend Sports Buzz. I want to thank our crew this morning. We have Doc Parks over there behind the glass. We have Chris Embry and, of course, Gary Love. So we've got a full house this morning. Plenty to talk about even outside of the Kentucky Derby. I know there's probably a few people listening this morning who don't normally listen, who are in town, from out of town, and they're tuning into some local sports radio to hear the, the feedback of the, the, the day after. But Gary and Chris, how are you guys doing this morning? Doing good. Doing good. 
Did you guys get glad to be back from the week off we took last we week? We did. It feels weird to get a, a week off. It yeah. really does. Yeah. I'm yeah, so does. used to being here each and every Sunday. But did you guys get to watch the Derby? Yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. I mean, I knew when they showed the first replay that it was going to be overturned because, it, I mean, he definitely impeded the horses. Uh, 18 actually is the one who – uh, had the biggest gripe, basically. It went from second or third place to 17th place uh, at the end of the race. Mm-hmm. It pushed them all the way back. But, uh, yeah, they avoided catastrophe on, the on you know, a very sloppy course. But, uh, you know, it, w- it was very entertaining. But it, it – it, uh, you know, you're you're expected to see the guy win, and and they're all exuberant. It took a lot of the air out of the event, actually. You know, you think I, okay, so you, you'd say overall maybe a negative. Yeah, well, for the I Kentucky mean, Derby, I I thought it was exciting, but the people there, I I couldn't imagine if I had all kinds of money on this race. That's the thing is looking across social media, Facebook or Twitter, some people are irate with this decision, and I have a feeling. Those are the people who lost money. That's right. (laughs) Those are the people who had money on maximum security winning or being in the the final three, something along those lines. Because it was overturned, he was taken completely out of it. Luis Saez and that horse was just completely bumped. (laughs) That impacted a lot of people's pocketbooks. Gary Love, at Scouting You on Twitter. Gary, I've got a question for you. You are an official, so a referee for high school sports. Right. You hear it all the time. Holding in football happens on every play. Now, I know in sports, the world of sports, there's no direct, you can't draw a direct parallel from one thing to another. But from my perspective this morning, from from my seat here in Jeffersonville, Indiana, I would draw a parallel. I'd say holding happens on every single play. Mm -hmm. Anytime you race, whether it's cars or bicycles or on foot or on horses, anytime you race, yes, yeah, one person's going to get in front of another guy. He's going to kind of try to box him out, to use a basketball term. So we're going from one sport to another, and I'll go back to the, the holding in football. Yeah, it happens on every play. That's how racing works. Why is this different? Um, I think it's different because I just think you've got 20 horses in like a four by six foot box. Okay. You know, and it just seems like there's going to be bumping going on. Yeah, that's inevitable. It happens at the, Mike mentioned it, it happens at the beginning of the race too. Yeah. And I think like yesterday, the stewards kind of hurt themselves by not, not taking any questions. They had a prepared statement. They read it and they left. They didn't, they wouldn't take any questions about this or that, but. It's hard. I mean, they, they tell these horses or, or the horses are supposed to stay in their lane. I mean, where, where is the lane at? You know, everybody's around you. And, and, and like Mike said, you know, he got spooked. The jockey said he did. He said as soon as he felt him drifting, he straightened him back up. It's just, I mean, it's a hard thing to do. I understand it's the rules. And they avoided catastrophe yesterday. But I just think it's a bad look for horse racing. So, if the end result from this is jockeys are a little bit more aware of well, I gotta stay in my lane. Can't. Re- it's almost like my interpretation of this is almost like they could have. All right, you're in the one spot. You're in the twenty spot. Okay, well, you have to stay in this exact little line here the entire race. 
no going out of your line. So then certain horses have a longer track to run, really, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're That's on the outside, you want to make it onto the inside. Yep. So inherent within the sport, yeah, this happens. Now, we don't need to spend the entire weekend sports buzz talking about this. But I sat there with my my two kids. My buddy was over with his son. Mm-hmm. We watched. We had a little pool. The kids all had horses and we thought it was going to be two minutes. They were going to be done, and then they were going to leave. No, it took about half an hour. So it changed the actual process for a lot of people. Locally, us four, we are all locals to the Louisville area. We know the Kentucky Derby impacts us this weekend. This week, it's Derby week. Yeah. Don't expect someone to return a call. This isn't the week to ask for... This or that. I mean, this impacts everything locally. So this is a a big event. Now, the actual result of the race is almost an afterthought in large part. But I got to agree with Mike. I think overall, the more people that are talking about it, probably the better. Yeah, I'd like to hear what uh, uh, BTI says about it. Yes. Just because he's an avid horse racer fan, horse racing fan, and, and he knows the rules and how he feels about it. I just think it also, I mean, yeah, people will be talking about it, but everybody knows there's not going to be a triple crown this year. Yeah. There's no way that 65-1 to 1 horse is going to win the next two races, if he even races in them. Well, after Omaha Beach, the definitive favorite scratched the week of Derby, I think a lot of people were thinking no triple crown. We get spoiled. What was it, since the 70s that mm-hmm. we didn't have any triple crown winners? And then we had two within American Pharaoh and, and California Chrome. Justified. I'm sorry, Justified. Yeah. Yes, not two California Chrome. Years, yeah. yeah, two within three years. So we get to where we're a little bit spoiled. Thank you. Yeah. So we get to where we're a little bit spoiled. My kids asked me before the Derby yesterday, could we have a triple crown winner? They're nine. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're nine and 11, okay? They're like, yeah, okay. We'll get a triple crown winner every year. Yeah. Yep. So people start to expect that. It's not going to happen every year. We may have 40 or 50 years till we have another Triple Crown winner. Is that the biggest payout for the Derby winning horse? Good question. I mean, it was um, like 130. First time this has ever happened in the history of Kentucky Derby. Right. S- certainly not the first time it's ever happened in horse racing. I think it's the uh, second longest shot that won the Derby, but the payout was probably more because there's more people that bet on horses nowadays. So, uh well, they said it's super effective. It was $51,000. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, but who would have picked that? Come on, man. That's There's always somebody. <laughs> I don't know. Probably the guy from Jeopardy. Golly. Yeah, he won't win all that money. He's, he's Is he a, still going? Yeah. Yeah, he's a big uh, time. He said, did you see a baseball team wanted to hire him? Uh-uh. I know, yeah. I know he's a big gambler because there's certain casinos that won't let him in because they think he's a uh, uh, cheater. Yeah. Why would a baseball team want him? I didn't read the article. But just because baseball teams are always on that cutting edge. Right? Yeah. Rich, you hire him. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, raking in the money, man. Uh, he's more of a gambling. Now, the guy knows his stuff, though, too. It's yeah. it's. Oh, yeah. To have a, a, an intelligent Billy Bean-esque type guy, someone who's one step ahead of the curve. Yep. Uh, you know, baseball analytics come down to a lot. And it's not just baseball people. Same goes for the – look no further than the Rockets. 
Rockets, who won last night against the Clip the uh, Warriors. I'm sorry, not the Clippers. Against the Warriors to put the series at two to one. Their general manager. It's not really a basketball guy. You just get a smart guy in there who knows how to evaluate statistics and trends, and voila, you have a, a formula for success. At times, doesn't always work. It's an inexact science, of course. Uh, you know, it was nice to see that the rain didn't keep people away yesterday. There's a hundred, what over a hundred fifty thousand people there. Yes, but I'm worried that Churchill Down is pricing themselves out of the locals. Okay, oh, come on, it was, that's been it that's was been coming a long time. But 80, that's my biggest gripe. That's your biggest gripe. Yes. $80. Why is that a gripe though? Why is that a gripe? Because it's not for us. It's not. <laughs> oh, it, it's not. But it never was. No. Was it? No, I mean, the infield that, that, That's what the allure is. We don't have 150,000 locals in there. We've got drunk guys from New York running around going, Whoa, time of my life, and just vomiting or something. I mean, that's the allure. I just, well, right, I Doc? Just, I just don't think it should be $80 a person to get okay. in the infield. Yeah, it used to be $10 back. You know. but, but with the pri- increased prices, we have people coming in, injecting money into the local economy the people who are coming in town aren't thinking that they're going to get a free ride these people are coming in town they're spending a lot of money uh at restaurants you know the local restaurants all have well this is our derby menu yeah normally a burger costs you nine dollars well today it's going to be 38 (laughs) yeah okay so that injects money in the local economy so that's what we want right yep Yep. i've seen a uh thing online hotels yeah, they're that's usually one hundred thirty nine dollars a night. They were asking five hundred a night for them. Well, but you know they're going to get it. That's what it is. I don't go to the Derby anymore. I went when I was in high school. I went to the infield, and I did some partying. I remember, you know, deciding to take a nap in the middle of the day, waking up with a bad sunburn. So I have memories of the Derby. Yeah, uh, the Derby is for the outside people. Yes, I just the don't old- like how the city. Is does this out. big cleanup job for all these out of towners one week a year. But if you're looking at it from a financial <laughs> yeah. from a financial perspective, thank yeah. goodness these people are coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are making money. If you're a business owner, you like it. But if you're not a business owner, you're just a local, I guess I can see where you're like, it's not for us. Yeah. And the Oaks were supposed to be for the locals. Yes. Well, they've lost that now. Now they got Thurby. Oh, yeah. And Thurby's been taken over. Now they're trying to do a thing for Wednesday. I mean, I, I can make it a whole week. The Derby is a huge... It's good for the economy. Grab. It's yeah. good for the the, uh, the locals. The people who are actually in position to benefit from yeah. it. Love it. Because you get a bunch of people. I talked to some people from Atlanta on Friday. No. On Thursday. Yeah, on Thursday. Okay. And they said, this is so great. We're from Atlanta. We don't have anything this cool. And I'm thinking, what the hell are you talking about? This isn't that cool. Right? Yeah. For us, it's not. Yeah, right. But uh, for them, the excitement and the Queen came and, and Tom Brady would come and, you know, Michael Jackson when he was alive would come. Michael Jordan. Everybody who's anybody has came to the Derby, right? I mean, right. this is a event. This is a prestige type thing. I got onto Millionaire's Row, you know. Uh, people brag about this stuff. These are people who are keeping up with the Benjamins. Yeah, they – uh. That's all the derby. Man, these people go just to be seen. Give me a break. That's what it is. I mean, Atlanta people are probably just happy they can go a half mile less than two hours. That's that's what I said to them is, <laughs> yeah. is when I went to Atlanta, the traffic is is so so bad I don't want to ever go back. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 bad. I mean, my grandfather worked in Millionaire's Row for twenty five years. Okay. 
And he would probably make know, more money when working that week than he would in other weeks, I think, right? Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Tips okay. and everything. So, yeah. So, for the people who are in position to benefit from it, it's an injection. One of the few that we have, because let's be honest, the state of Kentucky is not the, the smartest when it comes to policies that increase business. Okay? They don't really... If they were smart with it, they would. I think they would have gaming legal. They would have marijuana legal. Right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things you could do. Mm-hmm. So, you could have casinos here. could really embrace... Uh, you know, legalization of prostitution. Right, guys? <laughs> right, guy? Right, right, Doc? Gary? Uh, it is legal on U of L campus. But anyway, uh, um, <laughs> anyways, I just. <laughs> How did this turn into an opportunity for closet Kentucky fans to tie this Kentucky Derby result in? How many t shirts have been made since last night? There's about, been a lot. About, well, in Louisville. Yeah, they vacate titles, and everybody's high-fiving each other and, and you know, <laughs> pleasing each other, if you will. I mean, uh, Kentucky uh, fans have really gotten excited uh, over you know, these last 12 hours. You know who makes those shirts, don't you? Kentucky fans. No. Who? Jared Lorenzen. Not all of them. He, yeah, he owns Throwboy Tees. Really? Yeah. Jared Lorenzen. Yeah, so that, that right there, you know. But, you know, it's a, it's a money opportunity. Everybody's yeah. trying to make a dollar. <laughs> Kentucky fans have really jumped on this. If you're on social media, if you're, you're on Twitter, you're on Facebook, you're on anything, right? Doc, you've seen it. Yeah, three or four times. Mike Gandolfo, I thought, was real excited just to contribute to the show this morning, right? And he was. But we saw his motives at the end of the call. <laughs> you had to throw it in there. Right? <laughs> yeah. You heard it. You guys heard it. Mike Gandolfo took a shot at Louisville fans. Yeah. Is that what this has turned into? <laughs> it's pretty fun. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've got plenty to talk about that's yeah. not Kentucky Derby related today. We are a sports show. Last night, Canelo Alvarez saw Canelo Alvarez won a not-so-controversial decision over Jacobs. Uh, so that's big for Golden Boy and the state of boxing, I think. Yeah. <sighs> We've got a big MMA show locally in Lexington coming up Saturday, May 25th. HR MMA 108. Our man Doc Parks will be fighting on the card. I think there's, I don't know, about 15 fights on the card. Doc Parks, are one of our producers, Doc, you'll be fighting, right? Oh, yeah. I'm probably like the least exciting fight on the card, too. This card is insane. Any specific fights you want to reference every one of them i don't i haven't seen a fight i don't like stone yet. beverly's fighting chris i know oh, you're familiar man. with yeah. the beverly's he's one of my favorites yeah the, the beverly's are real nice ken is the older one he's the pro stone is an amateur <laughs> but still a hell of a fighter and a nice guy <laughs> we've got brian haynes fighting christian jones we've got who's that the breaker Chris Embry was just signaling the face about facebreaker Daryl Ray, who came here on the weekend sports buzz and in the parking lot. I got to break some wood over his forearms. He'll be fighting on the card against Damian Miller. Right, Doc? Oh, yeah. There's others. Uh, Jamel Muhammad will be fighting rematch against Michael Shields. Uh, a lot of really good fights on this card. I'm not. It's not just hyperbolic for me to say. Arguably the most exciting MMA card in the history of the promotion. Maybe in the history of the state, really. I know the UFC's been here a few times. What, Doc? You give me a look. When have, I didn't know they've been here. Yeah, UFC's been in the state of Kentucky. Yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah, not a lot. This so, card will be better than that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, certainly if you care about lo- the local scene, I know I'm completely immersed in it, more so than anyone. If you're interested to follow the local MMA scene, I'd recommend you get on Spotify or iTunes and check out The Kelly Patrick Show, produced by our man Doc Parks. We'll be recording an episode tonight with our man Jamel Muhammad. So if you're interested in the local MMA scene, I was saying before the show today, guys, yeah, MMA is not the most pleasant thing in the world. But you could argue it's as traditional or old school of a sport as ever existed. Yes, humanity is inherently barbaric, right? Absolutely. If someone wants to contest that to me, I'd love to hear your rebuttal. But back in the 200, 500, 1,000 years ago, yes, people fight. They do. And in 2019, people get into a cage and they fight. And they, they utilize different martial arts, and there's a winner. They don't fight to the death, like at certain points in the history of humanity they've done, but it, it's very entertaining. We don't have to spend the entire show talking about that. Once again, if you want to check out or follow the local MMA scene, look into the Kelly Patrick Show podcast. Doc and I, I think we've got eight or nine episodes out right now. So you can, on Spotify or iTunes, check that out. What about the NBA playoffs? Any intrigue there? Uh, you know, some uh, it's starting to get it's starting to get good. The, okay, the better teams are left in it. Um, the game last night was interesting with the overtime. Yes, um, the Rockets won. I saw our man Diz tweeted at me saying he thinks the the fix is in. They want the 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 series to be extended. They don't want it to be a sweep. They don't want the Warriors to just sweep everybody. Right. 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 It's almost a foregone conclusion that the Golden State Warriors will win the NBA playoffs. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what kind of sucks. That's no fun. When we know who's going to win it. You saw Durant. When Durant is on, is on, he's really good. I mean, you can't really stop him, especially when you got Clay Thompson and Steph Curry and that whole team around. Uh, so, I mean, the, yeah, the Warriors are going to win it all. What else? What about Kentucky or Louisville? I, I heard the, the U of L uh, Cardinals jokes. Everybody cracked, and then <laughs> and everybody's all you know giggling and loving it. Uh, anything else on the local collegiate sports scene? Uh, our prediction from two weeks ago. What's that? VJ King leaving. Oh yeah, everybody we, knew that. We, uh, we we called it. We did. And For uh, some reason, our man Brian the Insider called in and said he didn't know why Jody Demling didn't mention it. Yeah, you know there was some. For, that, that actually brings up an interesting conversation almost is yep. somebody like Jody Demling who has inside access into the university obviously doesn't want to burn any bridges and say the wrong thing, mm-hmm. but does that compromise his integrity, or mm-hmm. his credibility almost, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's but- like if you work for the White House and everything the president says, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm pro that. Regardless of which side you're on. Jody Demling is the new Howie Lindsey. Okay. No, he he is right. So uh, he's he actually hold is. Yeah. The company line. Yeah. And, and as long as he's willing to kind of admit that, and he, I think he kind of does. Right. Yeah. He, he has inside access. He's had me blocked for about three years so on Twitter. Yeah. Has I have he? no idea. I have no idea. What prompted him blocking you? No, you know, there's no telling. He's very sensitive. Who else in the local media <laughs> has at scouting you, our man Gary Love on Twitter, blocked? Uh. Dan Dockage. Dan Dockage, okay, from up in Indianapolis. Yeah, All he's right. got me blocked. Um, I don't know. 
Okay. I guess if I try to tweet at somebody, I'll, I'll find out who else has me blocked. We would love a, a running count of who has you blocked. We appreciate everyone tuning in to the Weekend Sports Buzz. We are brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy. They have a hell of a, a gym. I made it out to my first class, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu class, this past Monday, led by A.J. Jenkins at 6 a.m. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, they have 6 a.m. adult Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu classes. Nice. Nobody else in the, the city has that. On Dixie Highway, 10105 Dixie Highway is Louisville Combat Academy. Check them out if you're at all interested in martial arts. Be sure to stay tuned. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz, brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy, located at 10105 Dixie Highway, Louisville, Kentucky, 40272. Plenty to talk about this morning, but if I'm being honest, between breaks, what do we end up talking about is the next HRMMA Mm -hmm. show, which is Saturday, May 25th in Lexington. The same building as Rupp Arena, for those of you listeners who are Kentucky fans, so it's at the Lexington Convention Center. Doc will be fighting on the card, but also Daryl Ray will be fighting. And that's garnering a lot of attention because all four of us were here the morning that he came in and in the parking lot here let us break some wood over his arms. So we're intrigued with it. There's some pro fights on the card, but there's just an absolute star-studded lineup of amateur bouts. So Saturday, May 25th, I think there's a chance all four of us will be in attendance. Our man Marcus said he might make it too. So, I mean, it, it's, not the, it's not the Kentucky Derby. I understand realistically maybe how many people will be there, Doc? 15? Probably half the amount that go to the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, how many people? 1,500? 2,000 max? 1,000? 750. Okay. It's an intimate environment. It is what it is. Okay. Actually, this card, yeah, maybe a thousand. Maybe a thousand. I think so. Yeah, that's, that's actually really good. I, I like people? it. Yeah. yeah, I'm all in. You know, I love doing it. I get to do the commentary for it. So obviously, you know, you're talking to me. I'm pro HRMMA. Mm-hmm. Other stories across the world of sports that are significant. Baseball's underway. The Reds actually released Matt Kemp. Yep. Mm. So that was a big name. He was an all-star in 2018 last year. Yeah. There's rumors that he didn't want to be there anywhere. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, free let, let a younger guy play. Sure. Uh, Yasiel Puig ha- had a big game yesterday. Yep. Reds won. I'm going to go to a Red- another Reds game soon. I actually went to the Reds versus Braves, not this past Wednesday, the Wednesday prior. We haven't been on the air for a couple weeks. Yeah. I feel like we've got so much catching up to do. Doc, yeah. what – what has you intrigued right now in the world of sports? The AAF folding didn't even make it through a whole season. Made it, what, three weeks? It's that difficult for me. Eight to, weeks. Eight yeah, weeks. but I mean, how, you know what I mean, how how engaged were you in that anyways? Personally, I was one of three Memphis Express fans, very vocal ones online, 
They folded. To no one's surprise, Johnny Manziel played one football game. That's the funniest part. Is that what those pennants are for? Yes, sir. Okay, so we got the Memphis Express, Birmingham Iron, and Arizona Hot Shots. Hot Shots sounds sexual, if I'm being honest. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm going to have to edit that. <laughs> yeah. You you can edit it out, right? You can edit it out, me saying that on live radio. Right, Doc? We don't want anybody looking at the Urban Dictionary and seeing what a hot shot actually is, do we? <laughs> no. So the, the the football league that was built not to rival the NFL, but to almost complement the NFL, folded. No surprise. Anytime that happens, it seems they come and they go. Yeah. NFL is a very specific sport, okay? And what I mean by that is there's not a lot of opportunities to make much money overseas playing American football or anything, or even outside of the NFL in the United States. I've had guests in here over the seven years I've been on the air who were on practice squads or even NFL rosters for a short time, get hurt, then they get cut, and their career's over, and they have a bunch of medical bills, okay? So it's not the most glamorous. Kyler, Kyler Murray choosing to go the route of the NFL over baseball, may, it may pay dividends for him in the long run, but overall, I would say as a general rule, you got to go the, the baseball route, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. you can play in the Mexican League or the A in whatever part of... The country, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities. Tons more jobs in the world of baseball or even basketball than, than there is in American football. Yeah, that's why I think the uh, XFL is doing a good job. They're trying to get the NFL to to serve as a um, minor leagues. You know, where the NFL, say two guys get hurt, they can call guys up off them rosters. And I think that would be great, but I just don't know. I think the NFL wants to keep all their money to themselves. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. I'm sitting here speaking of the NFL. I'm just sitting here reading this. Michael Vick had to cancel his uh, football camp in Lexington. Because of the, the protesters. Uh, PETA. P- protesters uh, are saying somebody that's capable of that should not be able to be a uh, mentor to kids. Sure. So, I'm all about the guy served his time. Okay. You know. That's a, a, a difficult topic to really have a stance on. Yeah. Anybody willing? Doc? I don't, th- I don't think so. Okay. Tell Peter, me what. Pete has killed way more animals than Michael Vick ever will. Elaborate, please. Pete euthanizes 97% of the animals they take in, cats and dogs. Okay. But in a humane way would be the argument. <laughs> That's what they allege. <laughs> Why are you guys laughing? Because we know uh, it's nonsense. Because if I'm playing devil's advocate, which I don't know which side I stand on this, yeah. to be honest, I would say Michael Vick, there's documentation of him electrocuting dogs and horrible things. Oh, man. Right? You guys have heard about that. Mm-hmm. You guys read the reports. And the difference is Michael Vick served time for it, whereas okay. PETA has not. So it yeah. sounds like everybody here is pro Michael Vick should get his rights well, back. Well, we're just a, we're a country of second chances. Okay. And them refusing... To give him a second chance is just hypocritical, really. I, I think so. Okay. It, it, yeah, and he was doing this for um, more than half of them were underprivileged kids. He was doing it for free. Okay. So it's not like he was trying to advance himself 
you know, through this, I don't think. But okay. It's, yeah. Doc coming through with a very strong uh, anti-PETA argument. Almost like he was reading up on the anti-PETA argument um, this, anti, morning. Anti this morning. Anti-Humane Society as well. Oh, wow. Not the local humane societies. The Humane Society of the United States. I used to work for them, which is why I'm so anti-PETA and Humane Society and know what they do. Okay. Not very nice people. Okay. A lot of times, if an organization, let's take Goodwill, for example. What's the name of it? Goodwill. Right? Oh, that's so nice. Let's give them free stuff. What do they do with that free stuff? They turn around and sell it. Yeah. They're just making it rain. (laughs) Turning profit left and right. Right? They are. It's not you give it to us and then we'll, we'll, well, we're only going to give it to people who are really poor and we'll give it. No. They're turning a profit. They have a CEO. So a lot of times if an organization claims to be the ultimate of of morality and and sanctity, maybe you look a little closer, not so much. Okay. Well, you know, I'm I'm just reading these uh, replies to this Michael Vick thing on on Twitter saying, you know, you you see reformed drug users be invited to talk to kids about not using drugs. Uh, Okay. Uh, You've seen people kill people from drunken and driving talk – Go talk to kids about not drinking and driving. And, and and Peter's big thing is he hasn't taken responsibility for it. He pled guilty in federal court. Is that not taking responsibility? He didn't plead not guilty. He said, I am guilty. You know, it's something I did. We need to hear Marcus's take on this. I don't know if we do. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we encourage Marcus to give us a call. Marcus, if you're listening, the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502 384 1450 we'd love to hear from you other topics we haven't been on the air for two weeks the kelly patrick show the podcast doc really that's about specifically mixed martial arts and brazilian jiu-jitsu and maybe some kickboxing it's all martial arts centric what are we missing out on in the world of sports did we get to talk much about tiger woods tiger uh we talked, I guess yeah, we did yeah it was the next talk day. about second chances second is that chance? the, is that the theme of the show this morning <laughs> Michael Vick deserves a second chance. So does so does Country House. Tiger Woods. Country House deserves a second <laughs> he chance. He got a second chance. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some guys don't deserve second chances. Don't get second chances. Right. Despite the United States being the world of second chances, mm-hmm. Ray Rice didn't get a second chance. Aaron Hernandez didn't get a second chance. He was a murderer, so I yeah. guess we can't group <laughs> him in there. But you could argue they did worse things. You know co- what? He kind of did get a second who, who chance. Who did? Uh, Aaron Hernandez, because he he did the same crime at Florida. Okay. And murder. Well, he he. Was, I think he did. He was yeah. He this stuff happened before he got to the NFL. And you could argue he did. He get, got plenty of chances. Yes, you're right. Yes. And he could have uh, reformed himself, stayed in prison the rest of his life, and and led a. Uh, uh, exemplary life as a prisoner yeah. and, you know, done some positive in there. Yeah, they did this. What they do, the study on his brain and said he had the brain of a 80 year old man because of the CTE. He said it was the worst case they had ever seen. Mm-hmm. To get into some of those details, because some weird stuff, some weird reports came out about Aaron Hernandez in prison, too. Oh, really what, what else does that remind me of? Robert Kraft. More, defail, more details came out about him this past week. See, oh, Doc, we don't get him. to. We don't get to we don't get to talk about this on the Kelly Patrick show, but more details came out about the Robert Kraft stuff too. And I know our man Marcus is a Patriots fan, so we'll we'll see if he gets to chime in on any of those 
details, the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line yep. is 502-384-1450. We'd love to hear from you. We are actually going to head to the buzz line now where, of course, we have our man Marcus on the line with us. How are you this morning, Marcus? I'm like Beetlejuice, baby. You said my name three times and I appeared. I love it. I love it. What do you have for us this morning, Marcus? Well, first of all, let's give Aaron Hernandez and let the man rest in peace. He was deeply mentally disturbed. He murdered those people. Uh, but let's be honest when we're talking about second chances. Let's say, I don't even, I don't remember what Hernandez's sentence was, but let's, a lot of times murderers do eventually have a chance to be paroled, right? Sure. That is a second chance at life. Now, of course, he would have been in prison far too long to ever go back to the NFL. But he would have been given a second chance by society at large to resume a place in society. But his situation is unique. Now, let's look at Ray Lewis. He murdered those people. He didn't even need a second chance. He didn't even bother to arrest that guy or put him in prison, right? They just let him walk around and keep playing football. There's a good second chance for you. Okay, so Ray Lewis got a second chance in your eyes. He was never, he never pled guilty to murder, to homicide or anything along those lines. No, he, he took the route of my old boss who said, the only way to get through life at certain points in it is to deny, deny, deny. If I go to a movie with my mistress and my ex-wife shows up and goes, who is this woman? I'm going to say, what the hell are you talking about? I don't know her. <laughs> sure. Marcus, in the past we've talked to you about O.J. Simpson. You could argue that O.J. Simpson was given a chance, a second chance or a third chance or how many chances. Doc, since we've had you on board, I don't think we've really got to hear you and Marcus go back and forth on the O.J. Simpson thing. I don't believe so. How do you need to go back and forth? <laughs> a quick recap. Marcus, you believe O.J. Simpson was framed. Well, let me put it to you this way. <laughs> I believe in the facts of the matter. I believe he was charged with murder and exonerated. He was found not guilty by a jury of his peers. Yet, years and years later, ignorant, white, redneck hillbillies continue to go, well, I know he killed them people. <laughs> really? You do? How the fuck would you know? You weren't on the jury. You weren't in the, in the courtroom. You have no idea. Right? It, it's pathetic that people continue to go on and on about O.J. Simpson. Okay, Doc, we did have to dump a comment there, and that's okay, Marcus. I understand this is a passionate topic for you. Uh, we had an eight-second delay there where we had a dump. That's okay. That's why we got Doc back there ready to press the button. Doc, you agree with Marcus. You think O.J. Simpson was framed also. Right. I don't think O.J. did it either. Okay. Okay. It sounds like you're on the same page as Marcus. No, I don't think that he didn't. I don't think he was framed for the racism aspect. I think his son did it, and he's covering up for his son. Marcus, do you think O.J. Simpson's son committed the murders? Uh, you know what? Doc has, has thrown a wrench into my usual tirade because I never even considered that, so I will have to plead ignorance on that. Okay. But it's certainly possible since we know O.J. didn't do it. Okay. So OJ did not commit the murders. Marcus, we appreciate your call as always. Any thoughts on the Kentucky Derby yesterday? Well, <laughs> I was in a bar with a lot of people who had bet on maximum security, and it was beyond hilarious 
to watch their utter and ecstatic jumping up and down scream his name Joy turn to black hearted go home and hang myself to spare. There's nothing like the human condition for entertainment. So, so you you enjoyed it yesterday, Marcus. You you love the the people who were so vested and put bets on it, and then they had the more of a long shot to win it. You you enjoyed it yesterday, Marcus? Oh, absolutely. I mean, how often does a 65, one, 65 to one shot win the Derby? Not very often. And weren't we all sick of this endless parade of favorites? The favorite won the Derby in 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18. Blah. That's disgusting. Okay. Well, Marcus, as always, what we look to from a Marcus call what we look for is excitement and a little bit of controversy. And, Marcus, you certainly delivered on that today. Thank you so much. We look forward to hearing from you next Sunday. Thanks a lot, Marcus. Go Sixers. Go Sixers. Okay. What do we think of Marcus's call there, guys? I know that you know some people would listen to our show and say, you guys talking about OJ again, right? Yeah. So that happened in 92. Get past it, right? But no, what we're looking for here on the weekend sports buzz is excitement. And I think we had to dump Marcus's call. He used some profanity there. Yeah. Those of our listeners who were who were tuning in throughout Marcus's entire call, they heard, uh, uh, I think it's an eight-second clip where we didn't hear anything because he used some profanity. He got he got passionate about that. He's really, really into it. Yeah. I'll be honest. If I had to guess, I'd say OJ's probably guilty of the murders. In my opinion, Doc, I know you have a differing differing opinion on, on that. Um, I don't think he di- if he did do it, I don't think he did it alone. I always thought Al Cowlings helped him. Okay, because you you got two people at one time that somebody had to grab hold of the other one, keep him from running away or whatever. But okay, Chris, what, thoughts on OJ? I don't know, man. It, it, it's it's a crazy drama. It looks like it's a made-for-TV movie. Uh, I don't know, man. You know, and, and the thing is, I appreciate that. People that give him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, he was he was acquitted. You know, he was acquitted, and then he went out and pulled some other stuff. That doesn't necessarily mean that he committed it the murders, but it no. don't it don't help his case either. No, he didn't handle himself well. Well, he, he he thought he was untouchable after that. He was started making rap videos and using drugs. Yeah. If you watch those specials on him, it's intriguing. He went down to to Miami or Southern Florida, okay? And he really started living it up. Mm-hmm. He was like a rock star. I mean, he he's a celebrity and and or not I'm sorry, not Miami. I think Orlando, but different parts of Florida where he would just make all sorts of crazy if you watch some have you ever seen those rap or music videos that he was in mm-hmm. stuff was crazy oj yeah. got wild yeah doc he, what's he living in vegas now i think he's living in vegas or florida no i think i think his, his no. buddies let him live in a house because okay. they showed him they showed him out in vegas drinking okay. uh oh he did he got out of prison mm-hmm. within the past couple years yeah. and he had some type of a domestic incident they said shortly after being let out of prison yeah, they, in some type of hotel. I do remember it, seeing that. They it said didn't Miami, involve a knife or anything. They said Florida yeah, yeah, wouldn't I don't let think him he move stabbed back. anyone. Okay. Although I don't think Florida would take his parole. Okay. So he couldn't move back. That's but, right. He did get put out of Florida. He was arrested for armed robbery in a hotel room. It had to do with memorabilia that was, if I'm playing devil's advocate, that was in fact stolen from him. That is right. And his the person who he got the memorabilia back from came to his 
uh, parole hearing and testified that OJ was the nicest person he ever encountered, and at no time did he even feel threatened by OJ Simpson. Nicest being in the person room. he ever encountered. That's w- what he said. He testified to that. I believe it, but I mean, how do you even gauge that? Well, they. I mean, how, yeah, yeah. You know, romantic moments with people, and I would say that's nice, right? How do you top that? He said he. Uh, nicest person I ever encountered sounds like hyperbole, right? Not, oh my goodness, he was so polite. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. If you want to hear the unedited version of Marcus's call, Doc, we'll have it <laughs> listed, right? Oh, yeah. There's no law that says we can't have the live sportscaster.com version of the show, that it has to be compliant with no profanity, right, Doc? Right. We're not going on FCC airwaves over yeah, there. Yes. So if you want to hear what Marcus actually said, Check it out on WSB 5-5-2019 on LiveSportsCaster.com within a couple days. Right, Doc? Uh, by tomorrow. By tomorrow. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. We appreciate everyone tuning in. We're right up against the, the end of the first hour. Be sure to stay tuned. We're Gary Love, who is at Scouting You on Twitter. My man, Chris Embry. My man, Doc Parks. And myself, Kelly Patrick. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the second hour of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Very difficult to top what we did in the first hour, guys. And what I mean by that is not our recap of the 145th running of the Kentucky Derby, not our preview of HRMMA 108, which will be Saturday, May 25th in Lexington. But what I mean is the excitement and the passion that came out of both Doc and Marcus with our conversation about O.J. Simpson. So if we can somehow top that, guys. Chris, you got anything we can top that with? <laughs> I don't know if you could top that one. We are a, an all-sports <laughs> show, okay? So anything related to sports at all that's intriguing to us is what I want us to talk about. And if our listeners don't like it, that's okay. Check out another show. Yeah. That's what we're here to do. I want passion. I want excitement. Yep. And I want some shock value and some profanity. Hey, speaking of speaking of the 145th Kentucky Derby, Rick Bozick and I was going back and forth yesterday. Okay. On Twitter? Yes, on All Twitter right. about Baker Mayfield's version of Riders Up was so bad. It was terrible. He acted like he didn't want to be there. Yep. He just like Riders He looked up. away from the camera like I'm like, why I mean, won't you have a local do it? Okay. Somebody with a little bit more passion. Uh he just it's, it's like he pulled him out of the crowd and he was like, Yeah, I guess I'll do it. And yeah. why would he be doing it anyways? Because he's a celebrity, but he hasn't done anything yet, and he okay. was he was very uninterested. Yeah, when he did it. Yeah, I mean he was over trying to talk to some girl, and they pulled him to the side and was like, "Hey, will you say this real quick?" Baker Mayfield, our man Steve Driver is not in studio with us today, but he's a lifelong Cleveland Browns fan. I will when I think of Baker Mayfield, I will always think of the video. You guys know what I'm talking about, right, Doc? Chris, Gary? Yeah, one word, a cop. A cop came up to him, was getting ready to arrest him for public intoxication. What did Baker decide to do? He's like, oh, 
I'm going to outrun these cops. He must have been smashed, okay? Yeah, that doesn't mean he's the worst person in the world. He didn't attack anyone. What did he make it, about four feet? Made it about four feet, got speared into a cement wall. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen that video. It was crazy. Like I said, he didn't attack anyone, right? There's worse things. I'd say what Michael Vick did or even O.J. Simpson or any of the stuff we've discussed this morning. Obviously, Ray Rice, that's all way worse. I just think it's comical. He's like, well, super drunk, and he's like, I think I can outrun these cops. (laughs) And he tries to run them. It's all on camera, and he just gets speared into a cement wall. That's what I'll always think of. No matter – Baker Mayfield could go on to – Hall of Fame career. Yeah, to be a great NFL player. I will always think of that. And, you know, at least he made it four feet. I've seen a video video where they pulled two short over. Oh, okay. And he took off, and he made it about eight inches before they got him. I mean, he didn't go a foot. He tried to turn around and take off. They're like, come here. <laughs> too short. I mean, dude, you're too old to be trying to take off from the cops. But I don't know. Yeah, it just – I mean, the, uh, you could have get gotten anybody else. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was there. For a recap for our listeners who do not know, they asked Baker Mayfield to do this. Mm-hmm. Right? What? Who chose him? I have no idea. How does that work? What was Bozik saying in response to you on Twitter? He he agreed. He said okay. he said he he acted like he wanted to be anywhere else but there yesterday. Okay, which I agree with. How significant is the Derby? We are a sports radio show, right? That's what yeah. we are. We're on the air every Sunday morning from nine to eleven. How significant is the Kentucky Derby for each of us four? I've been once, and I've lived within. Five to ten minutes of Churchill Downs my whole life. What year did you go? It's been about ten years. Okay. Only because I'm under the belief that everybody should go to the infield at least once in their lifetime. Okay. Just to experience the craziness that goes on out there. And so me and my brother went, and that's the only time I've ever been. Was he crazy? Oh, yeah. What do you mean by craziness? Uh, let's let's you, go ahead and mention some of the crazy stuff you saw. Let's get it out there. Let's. You see some boobies. What do you see? Well, yeah, that. <laughs> well, you got. Well, you got that. And then you have the porta potty runs. That's a good one. The people get up there and people throw stuff at them. Yep. Uh, one guy got about knocked out with a lawn chair. Okay. Uh, they have one guy in duck floaties and his boxers doing mudslides. Okay. So yeah, I mean they do a little bit of everything out there. All right, Chris. You see anything crazy in the infield? I've never been. Never been to the Derby. Nope. Gary, you said you believe everyone needs to go to the Derby at least, at least once. once. This is your first cousin, Chris Embry. Mm-hmm. Chris, are you going to go? I get one of you guys to go with me. We'll go. Maybe next year we'll go. I've went as a member of the media to cover the Derby. I did that once. Mm-hmm. It was fun. I I don't know. I don't like traffic. I don't like going to bars because there's too many people. You know, I don't know. I don't like big crowds unless it's a specific you, you mean you don't like paying twenty dollars for a drink? Yeah, I mean, what we should do is go as a show, as a show, okay, and record some things and put it online, and it'd be all right. There you go. I'm down. Next year, let's do it unedited, live Unedit. from the infield. Doc, you ever been to the Derby? No, sir. Wow. So I've been probably five or six times uh. total. But I take the cake. Chris, you've never been. Doc's never been. Gary, you've only been once. Hmm? So Nate? I'm the foremost expert on the Derby. I've only of been all to four Church- of us. I've only been to Churchill Downs three times in my life. Really? Ever yeah. been to Keeneland? One time. One time I was, I was when I was going to EKU. We Keeneland is beautiful. Up here. And Churchill Downs is too. 
different, very different, but Doc, you ever been to Keeneland? Oh, a bunch. Okay. But the Derby, it's significant. Muhammad Ali's significant, right? If we're looking from an outsider's view, Louisville and the surrounding counties and cities, even southern Indiana, they're known across the world for the Kentucky Derby. Mm-hmm. That's what our reputation is, right? Yep, Absolutely. The locals don't care as much as, right. as, you know, unless you're an owner or a trainer or a jockey or you're somehow invested in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. We appreciate everyone tuning in to the Weekend Sports Buzz this morning. We are brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy, located at 10105 Dixie Highway, Louisville, Kentucky, 40272. I went to a class this past week. They are working on becoming a 10th Planet affiliate. And what that means is... You know what that means, Chris? I know Eddie Bravo yeah, okay. works with yep, yep. 10th Planet. Eddie Bravo. What that means is the system, the ju- no-gi jiu-jitsu system that Eddie Bravo created, there's only one location of, of a 10th Planet school in the state. I'll actually be going to that gym this Friday in Richmond, Kentucky. Scott Elliott teaches some classes at – actually, Steve Driver is not here today, but he took a Muay, Thai, a Muay Thai class when he was a student at Eastern Kentucky University, taught by Scott Elliott. Scott Elliott, 10th Planet AFS. They're the only 10th Planet uh, uh, affiliate in the state currently. But our man A.J. Jenkins and the, the folks over at Louisville Combat Academy, they are working on becoming an affiliate. Doc, you went to a class recently too. What? How was your experience with – what has your experience overall with Louisville Combat Academy been like? Oh, I love those guys. They're real good. They're all nice. Uh, I did go to their Thursday wrestling class. Mm-hmm. Very good class. Uh, and I've fought two of their guys before. Your first two fights. Both Louisville Combat Academy guys. Okay. Really tough dudes. Yep. So we appreciate the support from AJ Jenkins and the, the folks over there. You know, they got... The Fergusons, Brandon Bishop, Lingo, Stephen Wagner, Carice Vaughn. I mean, the list goes on and on. I can't really even name, begin to name all of them because they got so many legitimate fighters over there. So, Doc, uh, let's let's get back to your fight. Gary, I like where your head's at. Okay, let's get back to your fight. Has your diet gotten any better since oh, the last wow. time we talked? Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> absolutely not. It has remained consistent. I eat the same thing. Chris, are you familiar with Doc's diet? Yeah, and I was going to ask about the cigarette consumption. (laughs) (laughs) Doc is an MMA fighter. Three amateur fights under his belt currently. His next fight, his fourth fight, will be Saturday, May 25th in Lexington. But he smokes cigarettes every day, and he eats Wendy's or McDonald's every day. Right, Doc? Yes, sir. McDonald's currently. Exclusively (laughs) McDonald's. Yes, four cheeseburgers, no pickle, no onion. Every day? Every day. Is that all you eat? No, I eat other stuff. What uh, what other stuff do you eat at home? Like sometimes at night, I'll go to McDonald's and then get four cheeseburgers and no pickle <laughs> and no onion as well. So it'll be eight cheeseburgers for the day, man. But you don't keep any snacks at home? Not really, because I'll eat them all in one day. Okay, so Doc is five foot eleven, has a long reach, right? Doc, you're five eleven, but you have the arm span, the the wingspan of someone who is how tall? Six foot three. Okay, five foot eleven, but he fights at one hundred and forty five pounds, which is wild. So very thin guy, for those of our listeners who are not aware. But he smokes cigarettes and he eats McDonald's. 
Now, have you given uh, any more thought about what we talked about a couple of weeks ago about your entrance? Uh, as far as the song? No, as far as the uh, Razor Ramon. Uh, <laughs> or coming out with a toothpick? Yeah. <laughs> flicking it in the guy? Yeah. Hmm. And then after you win, you got to light up a cigarette. I was <laughs> debating walking out there with a lit cigarette to the ring. Dude, that would be Just go awesome. all uh, uh, Sandman from uh, ECW days. But I mean, who's going to stop me? The are you going to do it, Doc? I'm the commentator. I've commentated all three of Doc's fights thus far. I will commentate his fourth fight Saturday, May 25th. Are you going to walk out with a toothpick? or uh, Even a toothpick. Cigarette would be ideal. And then maybe throw a cigarette into the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It doesn't have to be lit. I'm not saying Autographed. Lit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just an unlit cigarette in your mouth. Kind of pause with your arms open like, hey, look at me. And then just throw the cigarette into the crowd, Doc. I would need sunglasses as well, I think. In all seriousness, are we going to get to see this? Or are we just are we just spinning our wheels here? It, it will be a spur-of-the-moment decision. I will have all the equipment with me, obviously. I understand if you don't do it, right? Hmm. But what I don't understand is if we're talking about it and we keep talking, right? I know you didn't bring it up today, Doc. Right. So I don't want us to pressure you into it, but I would love to see it, obviously. That's, so that's a money maker. I would like to see some excitement. Just imagine the marketing you can get. Who has the best entrance out of anybody in the history of HRMMA that you've ever seen, Doc? I can think of who has the worst entrance. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, I can't think of who has the best one. Okay. All the entrances are pretty much the same, I think. Just listen to music. Guy walks out. Sometimes the wearing stuff. Sometimes they play silly music, which turn. They think it'd be funny, but it's never funny. It's always bad. What about Jeremy Durham? He came out in a big singlet with that's, a cat. That's the only time I've. He's going to fight on this card. That's the only time I've ever laughed at someone doing something trying to be funny. That's the only time. So Jeremy Durham is a, a car salesman in Lexington, who has a martial arts background. He f- competes in mixed martial arts at heavyweight. And he said, Brandon Hardrock Higdon contacted him and said, are you willing to fight this guy we have named Austin Green? You remember who Austin Green is, Chris? I'm pretty sure, yeah. The big guy who f- played uh, uh, semi-pro football. He's six foot five, 320 pounds. Yes. Just a giant of a human. Yeah, I know what you're talking He's about. fighting Jeremy Durham on this card. I mean, there are so many good fights on this card. Jeremy Durham comes out with a singlet with a big cat on it. Not a intimidating lion or tiger, right? But a, a real cute little kitty cat. It's just the cat's face, too. Just the just the, the cat's face. So he has quite the theatrics. I think Nicholas Huber Scherf has had some good theatrics. He lost on the main event in this past card. <sighs> Jesse Romans, who was in here with us one day, he had a good entrance, in my opinion. He crawled to the cage, and I you know, I, I found it to be entertaining. Doc you know, everybody has different opinions on that type of thing because at the end of the day, it's not pro wrestling, right? It's yeah. substantive, actual fighting. It's not supposed to be pro wrestling. <laughs> but we can make it that way. Yeah, in a way, <laughs> in a way having Daryl Ray fight almost makes it almost into that type of thing, right? You're getting close. Yeah, okay. But it's excitement. So Conor McGregor, in a way, he's like that, right? I think he's the reason why we're like this right now. Conor McGregor... Impacted the sport that much? Yes. Chael Sonnen, to a degree, right? Not as much, but yes. Okay, Conor McGregor, the Conor McGregor impact is what has changed it from a 
uh, our man Mike Gandolfo used the terms macro and micro, but from a huge global perspective down to the, it has infiltrated the local level. You think, in effect, Conor McGregor, Doc, has created someone like Daryl Ray. Oh, no. Daryl Ray was probably Daryl Raying it up way before Conor McGregor. Okay. But I'm, I think the whole, I got to talk a lot of trash and be obnoxious to get eyes on the fight thing started, at least in MMA, from Conor McGregor. It, okay. You never seen, you never seen this in boxing. Yeah, never, Muhammad Ali did it. Not at press conferences where he openly says things about the other guy's mom and stuff like that with all the other fighters. Muhammad Ali and Joe Lewis. I'm sorry, not Joe Lewis. Um, there's some different opponents. Not not Joe Lewis, not the the bronze bomber. What about Prince Nassim Ahmed? Yeah, there's some excitement. He did it. Yes. Yeah. The, yeah. Muhammad Ali would call people out. He got Sonny Liston to actually pull a gun on him one time. Right? Not that, to the degree fair. that Conor McGregor did it. That's fair. So, it, it, you know, it's nothing new entirely. Well, but, for, for MMA it was. Okay, for MMA it was. But to the day that, that Muhammad Ali died, there were some people who, who will never... Marcus, for example, if he's still listening, actually, uh, you know, he will never be a fan of Muhammad Ali's because of the way he would treat some of his opponents. He would be very disrespectful at times. After someone passes away, a lot of times everybody just looks back on, on the positives mm-hmm. of someone. But there's plenty of people out there who are not the biggest fans of Muhammad Ali. What are your thoughts on Muhammad Ali, Gary? Uh, <clears throat> I liked him. He spoke his mind. Um, he kept things entertaining. But uh, I've never had an issue with him. I mean, I've always liked him. Okay. People hate Mike Tyson. I've I was always one of the biggest Mike Tyson fans around. Okay. So... Chris, fan of Muhammad Ali? Oh, absolutely. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. He's the icon of, you know, the town we live in. Obviously, uh, world-renowned boxer. Yeah, he transcended the sport. He did a lot of political, I mean, things way before I was born. Joe Frazier is the guy who, who fought Ali, and they had some real serious back and forth. They had sparred. Frazier's from Philadelphia. They had sparred previously. They were friends. And then Muhammad Ali, to promote the fight, said some really bad things about him on multiple occasions. So to the day that, that Joe Frazier died, he hated Muhammad Ali. He never forgave him for some of the things. He called him dumb. And, you know, I'm not saying Joe Frazier was dumb, but, you know, he wasn't as articulate as Ali was. So it seemed like maybe... Maybe there was something to that. It hit on a personal level, right? Yep. Everybody's okay with joking around until it gets real. And it seemed that some of the stuff Muhammad Ali said about Joe Frazier was maybe a little too far. Mm-hmm. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We encourage you to give us a call. Get in on the action. We are going to head to a break. We appreciate you tuning in. Be sure to stay tuned. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Uh, we're just sitting here talking on the break about the SEC coaches. I mean, the the level of coaching in the SEC has, from five years ago, six years ago, has has stepped up, I mean, big time. Um, it'd be interesting to see what Arkansas and Alabama can do over the next few years. Uh, another thing we haven't talked about is the draft, the NFL draft. I mean, Josh Allen, I think he, I don't know why he failed at number seven, but he did. But Jacksonville, as loaded as their defense is, he's going to be able to learn from, I mean, all pro guys. One thing I don't understand is how do you not, I don't know, Chris Westry got signed by Dallas. I've never seen a guy get guaranteed money for restricted free agent. They, they gave him, if you don't make the team, we'll give you $100,000. That's pretty awesome for I him. Haven't, I haven't seen that done before. Yeah. Uh, well, they must have really wanted to do that. I mean. Yeah. And I kind of think Chris Westry was kind of a, a bust in college. Uh, he was, I mean, he was four-star coming out of high school. He's 6'4", six, 6'5", six, but he ran a 4'3", in the combine. That's unreal. Wow. But Benny Snell going to Pittsburgh was the, ideal. Absolutely. I mean, That's he could be the next Jerome Bettis. Yeah. It's going to be entertaining to watch him there. Yeah. Uh, I think he can get some playing time the first year uh, on the team. So I agree. I agree. And uh, I don't know. It just seems like uh, Stoops has turned that program around to where, I mean, you see Kentucky landed Josh uh, – Kentucky landed uh, uh, the guy from Christian Academy. Um, so oh, can, you're not talking about uh, Bo – no, no, no. He, he no. He he'll be committing Monday. Okay. But they got uh the young guy out of uh, Christian Academy, the day after the uh, two days or three days after the NFL draft, and he's one of the hot. He picked Kentucky, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia. And he said he's that's the guy who said he was one hundred percent committed, right? Yeah. He said he will not take another visit. Um, we just talked about we haven't talked about the NFL draft. Oh wow! So uh, we talking about how Josh Young going to Jacksonville. As great as their defense Josh is, Allen. Josh, yeah, Allen. Josh Allen, where where he won't have to perform early. That's what hurts these guys a lot. Uh, it's these teams that aren't very good draft guys, and they're pressured to perform their first two or three years in, and they end up washing out of the league. Uh, I mean, how long did it take Clowney to finally step up? Yeah. Because Houston was so bad. Evaluating the NFL draft is a very dicey thing. It's easy for fans sitting on their couch – to sit back and say, oh, it's a horrible pick, mm-hmm. especially top 10 picks. In my, From my perspective, I'd say 20 to 30% of top, top 10 picks are busts anyways. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you're going to call a top 10 pick a bust, you're probably going to be right. right. Statistically, there's a large likelihood you'll be right. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you're brilliant. Right. right. <laughs> that doesn't mean you're, you're, you're brilliant. Everybody yeah. thinks, oh, a top 10 pick, oh, my goodness, better not strike out there. A lot easier said than done, man. You know, pump the brakes. Yeah. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We have our man Brian the Insider. Has apparently uh, awoken from his, <laughs> his slumber. Did you have a big day yesterday, Brian? How are you this morning? Slumber party. Well, just waking up over here in rehab, uh, rehab local rehab clinic, uh, and uh, just going to try to fight through it a little bit and uh, – uh, you know, I think uh, 
it's kind of giving me a new perspective on uh, one day at a time, Kelly. But, <laughs> Good uh, for you, Brian. Uh, you know, we, we support you here. Yeah, I'm sure you do. You're going to have to support me as I get old, and uh, believe me, we'll talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> hey, um, man, guys, I don't know. I mean, I understand the intent of the whole deal, but wow. I think I think our I think our president might have said it best when he said he just tweeted out that that maximum security got robbed and that in, only in this day of political correctness uh, you know would that happen. But uh, you know I, I understand the ruling. I understand that he uh, and uh, but my God, the whole the whole reason the Kentucky Derby is what it is is that everybody understands that it is a rough-and-tumble race. And, I mean, I have seen some of the craziest stuff happen in the Kentucky Derby over the years. Horses have been slammed up against each other. I mean, the wind knocked out of them. And, you know, but uh, I always thought that was, within reason, part of the whole deal. But i got to say, uh, the best horse did not win the Kentucky Derby yesterday. In my opinion, the horse that ran around the track in first the whole way uh, was deserved better than 17th. Okay. So, uh, in my horse, on an uh, interesting note, uh, Twin Spires has announced that they're going to refund up to $10 on any bet made. For example, I had 50 to win on maximum security. Looks like I'll be getting $10 back on that. So uh, um, that's, uh, man, oh, man, uh, you know, horse racing, we've talked about it on the show for a long, long time, guys, all, all spring about the fatalities in California and, and all the, the stuff that's been going on, all the pressures on horse racing. Uh, and, and in fairness, some of the people that believe that, this was the right call said well you know it could have caused fatalities with reckless riding and all that so i guess we dodged a bullet but i know a lot of people and i was at the track yesterday man it it, uh, it was not a popular decision and there are a lot of people i know in social media uh that are extremely upset uh with with the the, the unanimous decision of the stewards to take down maximum security Overall, Brian, was this version of the Kentucky Derby a success? Was it good for the, the, the health and, and the future of horse racing and specifically the Derby in Louisville? Is this a good, successful uh, weekend? No. Okay. No. Not when you have – I don't think anybody that watched the race could tell you that maximum security wasn't the best horse. I mean, he led the whole way around the track and then at the end was running the best at the end, in my opinion. Um, I do see where he came out. I think what happened was the, 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 the one horse war will who was on the rail behind maximum security, you know, and it's all happened on a turn. So it's, it's easier to keep your horse in a path, you know, on a straight line, but on the turns, uh, anybody that's done any running themselves know it's it's a little tougher. But the, the one horse, if you go back and look at it, he moves out first and tries to go, you know, get an angle around uh, maximum security. He goes to the right of maximum security. I don't think 
uh, Luis Zayas, the, the, the jock on maximum security, knew that he, he was over there. And when he, he did drift out, um, you know, it, uh, the, I know one thing, the winner, Country House, he was not impeded at all. Now, he did get bumped in. It didn't stop him. War Will did, did, uh, did have, he did have to check. And he did look like he was having some momentum. Uh, now, I don't think he, that momentum was going to carry him to the win, but he was on the move. He did have to check because uh, maximum security went into him. But uh, um, it just, it's just a shame. And the real shame of is that not that he just lost a $1.8 million uh, purse uh, or that he's lost the stud fees, which could have been 50 to $100 million lifetime was that he went to 17th. I mean, years from now, you look at this derby and you see maximum security finish 17th. I mean, I understand him putting behind War Will. I think War Will was like 5th or 6th. But 17th, guys, I mean, doesn't, that, that, it doesn't seem like the, uh, the crime uh, fit the punishment. Well, Brian, we appreciate, as always, your insight into the world of horse racing. Before we let you go, anything else in the world of sports you want to chime in on on this morning after the Kentucky Derby? Anything else that intrigues our man Brian, the insider? Just watching and enjoying the NBA playoffs. Uh, and uh, I was glad to see the Rockets win last night. I'd love to see them. I don't know that they can get past Golden State. Big game with uh, Toronto and the 76ers today. And, uh, uh, also enjoying the NHL playoffs. Uh, that's a great series there with the Blue Jackets and the Bruins. Uh, big win by the Bruins last night, but I don't. I wouldn't count the Blue Jackets out yet, guys. But uh, no, everything's derby. Uh, it was a great derby uh, up to that. But no, I can't say that this. Uh, this is. There's a lot of people that uh, feeds the narrative that it, horse racing's fixed. When you see what happened there yesterday, I got to tell you, it, uh, it was not. Uh, I don't think it was good for horse racing what happened yesterday at the track, in my opinion. Gary Love has one last question for you. Sure. Hey, Brian, I'm just uh, curious about, you know how we talked about a couple of weeks ago about, about V.J. King leaving? Uh, why yeah. is it, do you think that Jody Demling wouldn't put something like that out there? Uh, you know, I'm great question, Gary. I, I don't know. And I saw Gary, uh, Jody out at the track, and I almost, I've been really upset. He had to have known about it. You know he knew about it. Uh, do you agree with that, Gary, that, that Jody would have – I mean, that was the buzz. Uh, but it, it just it, – it goes – and, you know, watching the, the horse racing and all – I mean, Jody Demling's turned into be, you know, a big uh, celebrity uh, sportscaster. He's on a – he's you know, now he's a horse racing expert. He's this and that. Uh, that's not what I'm looking for on a premium site. I'm looking for scoop – before it becomes public, before it becomes on TV. And I couldn't get it. He was so quiet. He never did comment on it. Mm-hmm. And when they signed that point guard, you and I both knew that, you know, they, Chris Mack's not an idiot. He wasn't, he wasn't forcing Anik or, uh, or Laura in, in, into the draft. I mean, he knew that V.J. King, I think V.J. King was asked to kind of move on and, and give himself a better shot, but, no, I, I don't know. I, I haven't changed my opinion at all on Jody Demling on that. I think that the, I think he's went from trying to be the insider to he's 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 in the swamp right now, and he uh, he's part of the problem in my opinion. All right, great stuff as always from our man Brian, the insider. Brian, we appreciate your call. We look forward to hearing from you next Sunday 
Have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, guys. Have a good week. Good stuff there from our man Brian the Insider. One of the things he mentioned is that, yes, the commander-in-chief, President Donald Trump, has tweeted about the Kentucky Derby. He said the Kentucky Derby decision was not a good one. It was a rough and tumble race on a wet and sloppy track. Actually, a beautiful thing to watch. Only in these days of political correct of political correctness could such an overturn occur. The best horse did not win the Kentucky Derby, not even close. Thoughts on Trump's tweet? He's absolutely correct. Okay. You think the the wrong decision was made? No, I think the I think it was the right decision, but the he's right about the horse. Uh, the best horse did not win. Right. Yeah, I agree with that part because I've seen people say that say that uh, that horse could have sideswiped every horse in the in the Derby yesterday, and that Ed Country House wasn't beating him. Okay, so I don't know. I mean, you got to play by the rules, I guess. It's and like if us four go up in the parking lot, we decide we're going to race. We should probably figure out some rules prior to doing it. Am I allowed to cut you guys off? Right. right. What well, if I get in front of you? Can I go into your path? You know, we need to know these things, and I'm sure the jockeys did, right? I'm sure the owners and trainers knew, right? Country House is one of two horses or horse owners that blew the whistle Okay. to get it reviewed. So they knew they were second-place horse, and they obviously got the call uh, turned and was the beneficiary of a derby win. And he wasn't, he wasn't impeded at all. He's, no, he not said at the all. horse was turned sideways, and he wasn't. The one that, yeah, the the horses that were impeded fell out yeah. of the money. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sitting here reading this tweet. I can't get over it. Um, <laughs> I guess this was uh, uh, it was posted on Friday. It says I met a horse named Elwood, who loves to drink beer after a morning on the track. He prefers Coke 45, and he's it's it's horse <laughs> sitting there drinking this beer. A horse drinking beer? Oh, yeah. uh, 45. Okay. Yeah, okay. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah, they do it every morning. <laughs> the, the beers, the, the horses drink beer. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Preferably in a brown paper bag. How many How many beers would it take to get a horse drunk? <laughs> Actual know. drunk. Maybe, horse. maybe a pony keg. <laughs> ah, that's good. <laughs> great stuff. It's mm-hmm. been a great show thus far yeah. for the Weekend Sports Bus this morning. Contributions from our man Marcus, Mike Gandolfo, Brian the Insider. Brian calling a little later than normal as he said he apparently had to check himself into an overnight rehab facility due to too much partying last night. Well, this is Brian's Super Bowl. This is as Brian's Super horse, Bowl. horse guy, this is... I'm impressed that we got a call from him at all. Yeah, because he, he sounded like he, he was had a late night. Yeah. Did he get to sleep? I don't know. You know, that's... <laughs> We don't know. Yeah. But we appreciate everyone tuning in. We're going to head to a break. We are the Weekend Sports Buzz, brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy. want to thank our man Dugan Ryan and Ryan Media for allowing us to be on the air each and every Sunday for the past seven years, 9 a.m. until 11 a.m. For Chris Embry, for Gary Love, for Doc Parks, myself, Kelly Patrick, please stay tuned. We'll be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz.
Welcome back to the final segment of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy. AJ Jenkins. Weekend Sports Buzz. AJ Jenkins. Here, we got a mute over there, Doc. We can hear you, Doc. Um, AJ Jenkins and the fine folks over there at Louisville Combat Academy on Dixie Highway. They are the number one martial arts gym for producing... MMA fighters in the state of Kentucky. They do a great job. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, wrestling, Muay Thai, kickboxing, conventional Western-style boxing. Any type of fighting you want to do, Louisville Combat Academy is the, the place to do it at. Speaking of local conversations, during the break, our man Gary's laughing. Gary, you, you and Chris Embry, you guys are first cousins. You told a story. I First off, I did mention Mary Jane Coots passed away this past week. Uh, shout out to the Coots family, great family, uh, world-renowned Coots and Kleinert, Dr. Joseph Coots, great job with the first-ever hand transplant. So she passed away this past week, so our, our thoughts are, are certainly with that family. But that prompted a good story. Gary, you and Chris, from years ago, what <laughs> happened? And where was it? Because I like the local, a lot of our listeners are, are, are familiar with these local areas, right? Yes. So what happened? What's the story when you guys were kids? You guys are now like, what, 43? Yeah, I, well, I'm 44, yes. 44 and, and Chris? 41. 41, okay, sorry. Yeah. So a few years. You were a few years younger than your, your cousin Gary here. Yeah. Were you shorter than him at the time? No. <laughs> I don't know. You've been taller than Gary yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Gary, uh, Chris, you're how tall? Six 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 five and a half. Gary, six, you're how tall? About five eleven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what happened? Tell and please uh, tell us where it was. Well, what had happened was uh, we, we was off Taylor Boulevard behind a liquor store on by Iroquois Projects. That uh, no longer exists. They tore yeah, it. yeah. It doesn't matter of fact. I think it's a daycare. How old were you? Uh, well, I think he was in the seventh grade. And I believe, I guess I was three years, I was probably ninth grader. Okay. Uh, this is illegal now, so don't do it. Yep. Um, we paid a guy to get us a 40 ounce of beer. That's okay. I'll permit it. Yeah, I mean, we started early, you know, become alcoholics <laughs> at a young age. So while we was waiting on this guy to go in and get our beer for us, Chris thought it was a good idea to stab a knife in the ground. Well, what, no. Why, you why'd gotta... you stab a knife in the ground, <laughs> Because <laughs> two... People started fighting. I forgot who it was, and they were scrapping on the ground. Um, it was either my brother <laughs> was Carrie Bishop there. I don't, I don't remember. But uh, you pull out a knife. No, I we had it for protection, and I had to go break them up. So I was was going to stab the knife in the ground and to make a statement like, "Hey guys, chill out. Look, I got a knife. I'm no, stabbing it in no, the ground." No, they wasn't even paying attention. So to what? Me. You stabbed it because you didn't want to wrestle just, with it in your pocket, right? Yeah. And As you stabbed it into the ground, what happened? The blade guard broke off, and my hand slid down the blade. Cut your finger off? Uh, it was hanging by skin. Which finger? Let me see. My pinky. Okay. It works great, thanks to Coots and Kleiner. Okay. So in all seriousness, a nice tribute to the, the Coots and Kleiner uh, practice, uh-huh. who's been um, so instrumental. The first ever hand transplant was done. In yeah. Louisville, yep. by you know, by Coots and Kleiners. I mean, it's significant. But once again, a shout out to drag this to to pull this all back together to mm-hmm. Mary Jane Coots, who passed away this past week. Yep. And by the way, I drank so early that I quit drinking by the time I was twenty one. So <laughs> okay, I don't drink now. See, you so. know, it seems like most people do that. They drink so much 
before they're. I don't really drink anymore. I don't either. Yeah, not. I don't either. Doc, you a big drinker? No, sir. Wow, none of the four of us are. Mm. Interesting. Yep. Wish I could say for the ma- same for for Brian the Insider. <laughs> well, the thing is, hopefully when you're young, his rehab goes well. The challenge is to see if you can get it. Oh yeah, it's there's an allure of yeah. the don't press this button. You're not allowed to. Well, well, of course you want to press the button. And a few years after that, I went to get my ID or. Maybe it was my permit, and the lady. This is back when they had laminated IDs. Okay. She actually put down. I'm. I was born in '77, but when I received my ID, it said I was born in '71. So, I then went clubbing way before I was supposed to, and we used to go all the time to Toy Tiger, Toy Tiger. and all kinds of places. I was underage. It was pretty. Yeah, don't do what I – well, you can't do it now, you know. In all seriousness, do you you suggest underage people don't do that? I mean, you know, there's no repercussions. In hindsight, was it a valuable experience? It was was valuable, but I took advantage of the mistake they made on my ID, (laughs) right? So You capitalized on an opportunity to break the law. That's okay, you know. (laughs) Most people have broke the law before, right? I, yeah, I would think so. Doc, you got any stories like that you want to share on the air? <laughs> <laughs> no, all my underage drinking was done in Germany where it was completely legal. Okay. In the military? Yes, sir. Okay. That was all of your underage drinking? You can't join the military till you're 18, Doc. That's correct. So you didn't drink prior to 18? No, I did not. Oh, my God, what a sissy. Or sm- <laughs> I didn't smoke cigarettes till I joined the Army either. <laughs> Oh, man, it sounds like you picked up a lot of bad habits in the Army. Uh, one could say that. Okay. I did jujitsu before the Army, though. Interesting. Didn't, didn't drink or smoke. Okay. You feel what a sissy. <laughs> we that, are a sports show, so yeah. we don't have to focus just on our, our you know, law underage breaking, drinking. Yeah. yeah, our law breaking. <laughs> but if we want to continue with this, any other stories you guys want to get off your chest? <laughs> Chris? You've got to have some fun ones, right? I have some. You know, I'm not necessarily volunteering them right now. <laughs> I just give people a forum, right? That's right. Yeah. The Kelly Patrick Show or the Weekend Sports Show. Right, Doc? Oh, yeah. Jamel Muhammad, black belt from Four Seasons Martial Arts in Lexington, will be on the Kelly Patrick Show with us tonight. Right. So we'll get to hear. It's a little less censored than the weekend sports buzz, but to be honest, right, we, we, we don't use profanity on there, do we? I don't think we have yet. I don't think we have yet. Um, to stay on iTunes, I don't think you can, right? You can. We just have to label it as an explicit show, and I'd rather not label it explicit since we don't swear anyway. So Why would may- you not rather not label it explicit? So you get shown to more viewers. Okay. It's interesting because in the day and age of you can get around and not cuss and still talk about wild stuff. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So the, the whole censorship is very interesting in a lot of ways. In today's day and age of, of podcasts, the media climate has really changed. Joe Rogan is arguably the most, would you guys agree with this, arguably the most powerful man in media in the world. Mm. No. Who is, Doc? You're shaking your head. No, that's okay. Who is? Answer, please. Uh, Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh's up yeah. there. Okay. Who? Okay. So Rush Limbaugh. So maybe not Joe Rogan. Maybe just for me. I'm I'm a 35 year old man who trains Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, so I'm biased. Mm. Who's the most powerful man in media in the world? 
I mean, probably Rush Limbaugh, number two, Kelly Patrick, number three. Obviously, I'm in the top ten, <laughs> but I don't want to make this about me. Right. <laughs> What's uh, Ted Turner's? Immediate? Even though he's the owner, you know, he's uh, – Of TBS? C- uh, CNN and all that. I'm pretty sure TBS, TNT, okay. yeah, he's – Okay, so for years – what about Howard Stern? Howard Stern. He's, yeah. he's, he's powerful. Mm-hmm. In the United States, who's the most powerful media man? I think it is Rush Limbaugh. Okay, that's okay. Who, who would be the CNN or the, the Democratic side? What about Alex Jones? Uh, he's not a he, he's not number one, but it, my point, I guess, is the world has changed. Uncensored podcasts like Joe Rogan's show, where they use profanity, right? That has taken a big step forward, and, and is more powerful than it ever was. Joe before. Rogan got that big because he tells the line. He he claims to be unbiased. Well. He claims to be woke or whatever you want to call it, but he stays away from many topics because he's He had the, the creator to. of Twitter or, or some some uh, executive from Twitter on the air okay. on his show. Did you hear about this? No, I didn't hear that. And he was grilled by his fans because he supposedly didn't grill him enough because certain very conservative people like uh, Luis Farrakhan, uh, Alex Jones – um, I don't know if I would bu- consider banned. Farrakhan as okay, conservative. That's what it's been said for some, though. Yeah, that's insane. That guy is fringe. But but at points he supported Trump. I don't so, know okay, why. So He's not to insane. make it okay. Not to make this all political, <laughs> but the people there's certain people who have been uh, barred from Twitter. Milo. Yeah. Well, see, that's that's different. If you incite a riot, things like that. Yeah, so the world he, of media right now is very interesting. And I know we're a sports show, mm-hmm. so we can keep it together for that. But it, it is interesting. And the, 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 the concept of traditional radio, terrestrial radio, which is what we are on now, according to some, is not far from being extinct, right? Right. Uh, that's what they say. But, you know... It gives us a certain legitimacy to be in here in the in the studio every week, doesn't it? It's funny. Rush Limbaugh was talking about this last week. Okay. He, he basically was stating that um, podcasts don't have – obviously, he he's probably got the loudest, he, the, the furthest reach Out of anyone on the in, radio. Okay. Uh, and he was just claiming that everybody wants to be on the radio because they have podcasts, right? All these people want to be on the radio. Sure. And their way of getting their, you know, they don't have the same reach as terrestrial radio. Terrestrial radio exists, okay? But someone like Howard Stern's no longer on terrestrial radio. Right. Right? But I haven't right. heard anything from him in years. You My, have. Myself, personally. Yeah, but he's still huge. What, is he still on XM? Or? Yeah, yeah. He, he's really the reason a lot of people subscribe to XM, right? Yep. Gary, you a Howard Stern guy? Uh, yeah, You know, I used to be. But I don't, I don't pay for his content. Yeah, if you come across somebody who's a Howard Stern guy, Doc, you like Howard Stern? Not really. Not okay. a big fan. Okay. But if you come across somebody who's a Howard Stern guy, they pay for it, and they're very familiar with XM radio. So the, the nature of radio and podcasting and terrestrial radio versus XM or um, satellite radio would be the term. Mm-hmm is a very interesting thing to track because there is a reason that all four of us drive across the bridge to come on to AM FM signal every week, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What is the reason? Why do we not just do this podcast in my basement like we do the Kelly Patrick Show, Doc? So Marcus can call in and use profanity on the air. And then we get to drop him. Right. In all seriousness, why why is there an allure to this versus just the podcast? I don't know. It's fun. <laughs> it is fun. Yeah. Um, but it's an interesting conversation. The nature of media is changing. Oh, absolutely. Um, There's too much censorship going on right now. There is censorship yeah. with terrestrial radio but as i said earlier with the kelly patrick show also we want to stay within the lines of spotify spotify has actually been accused of i'm sorry not spotify right itunes itunes yeah. itunes is the one that's more restrictive right doc yes okay yeah because howard stern was the first what 100 million dollar man to get a 100 million dollar contract to join sirius radio or- yep uh, and he- he's actually been outspoken against podcasts adam carolla mm-hmm. who i'm a big fan of Worked with Howard Stern and their friends, and they, he, you know, Carolla's in Los Angeles, but he's went to New York and worked at times with Howard Stern a lot. But in 2009, I think it was, Adam Carolla branched off and created his own uh, Adam Carolla podcasting network, built a studio, has everything, and just does podcasts, okay? But Howard Stern has came out and said, there's no legit. You can't make money from podcasting. Well, Adam Carolla does. Joe Rogan does. Jim Rome show used to be huge. Used to be huge. What? Yeah, uh, sports talk. And uh, I'd radio. say it still is. Yeah, it is. But you don't hear about him as much. You know, like Howard Stern used to be on E. Jim Rome used to be on ESPN. You know, okay, certain days. But I don't hear much of him. He's of here on our, our station, actually. Yeah, yeah. So we appreciate everyone tuning in to the weekend sports buzz this morning for. Gary Love, for Chris Embry, for my man Doc Parks, myself, Kelly Patrick. Thank you very much. We look forward to the show next Sunday. Have a great week, everybody.